Hello and welcome to the Hot Rod Bible Study, where tonight we continue our study in the book of Revelation with a look at chapter 9. As I have said in the past, uh, I feel the problem that people have with the book of Revelation and why it's kind of spooky, not only because of the reasons of there's a lot of allegory in it, but the big deal is, is I think that people have a tendency to either read too much or too little into the book. Uh, I think it's easiest to think of it this way, that the book speaks of things that were, that are, and that are to come, just as Jesus is described as the one who was and is and is to come. Uh, we learned about that right off the bat in, in chapter 1, verse 19. So if you can keep that, like I try to keep that in my pea brain, if you can keep that in your brain, uh, it'll help you a lot in our study here. Uh, and with that, let's open with a prayer. Gracious Heavenly Father, again, we come before you. Um, it's nice to be in your presence, Lord. It's it's nice to have your word that we can study. And it's we pray that you just open our hearts and minds to your study, to your word. And also, Lord, just keep this knucklehead out of the way. And I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, Revelation chapter nine, beginning of the first verse says Then the fifth angel sounded. And I saw a star fallen from heaven to the earth. To him was given the key to the bottomless pit. And he opened the bottomless pit, and smoke arose out of the pit like a smoke of a great furnace. So the sun and the air were darkened because of the smoke of the pit. Then out of the smoke locusts came upon the earth, and to them was given power, as the scorpions of the earth have power. They were commanded not to harm the grass of the earth, or any green thing, or any tree, but only those men who do not have the seal of God on their foreheads. And they were not given authority to kill them, but to torment them for five months. Their torment was like the torment of a scorpion when it strikes a man. In those days, men will seek death and will not find it. They will desire to die, and death will flee from them. The shape of the locust was like horses prepared for battle. On their heads were crowns of something like gold, and on their faces were the faces of men. And they had hair like women's hair, and their teeth were like lion's teeth. And they had breastplates like breastplates of iron, and the sound of their wings was like the sound of chariots with many horses running into battle. They had tails like scorpions, and there were stings in their tails. Their power was to hurt men five months. And they had a king... They had as king over them the angel of the bottomless pit, whose name in Hebrew is Abaddon, or but but in Greek he was the he has the name Apollyon. And one woe is past. Behold, still two more woes 
are coming after these things. Then the sixth voice sounded, and I heard a voice from the four horns of the golden altar, which is before God, saying to the sixth angel who had the trumpet, release the four angels who have been bound at the great river Euphrates. So the four angels who had been prepared for the hour and day and month and year were released to kill a third of mankind. Now the number of the army of the horsemen was 200 million. I heard the number of them. And thus I saw the horses and the vision. Those who sat on them had breastplates of fiery red, hyacinth blue, and sulfur yellow. And the heads of the horses were like the heads of lions, and out of their mouths came fire, smoke, and brimstone. By these three plagues a third of mankind was killed by the fire and the smoke and the brimstone which came out of their mouths. For their power is in their mouth and in their tails. For their tails are like serpents having heads, and with them they do harm. But the rest of mankind, who were not killed by these plagues, did not repent of the works of their hands, that they should not worship demons and idols of gold, silver, brass, stone, and wood, which can neither see nor hear nor walk. And they did not repent of their murders or their sorceries or their sexual immorality or their thefts. Wow. So here we go. Let's see what God has in store for us here. Where, again, beginning at the first verse, it says, Then the fifth angel sounded, and I saw a fallen star from heaven to the earth. This is indicating a demon, this is what most Bible commentators say, is a demon or Satan himself. I go along with it being Satan himself, as he was given the key to the bottomless pit. This is a realm which is totally forsaken by God. This is reserved for those who have forsaken him. And he opened the bottomless pit. He being the uh, star fallen from heaven, or Satan. And he opened the bottomless pit, and smoke arose out of the pit like the smoke of a great furnace. Now this evokes uh, thoughts of the destruction of Sodom and Gomorrah in Genesis chapter 18 and 19, with the fire and brimstone hitting uh, Sodom and Gomorrah. Uh, it's Really something to note, especially since we're speaking of end times here, which, which, by the way, we have been in for a very long time. But it sure seems like it's getting closer and closer to when Jesus returns. But anyway, it ev evokes these things of what happened in uh, Sodom and Gomorrah in, Gen again, Genesis chapter 18 and 19, if you care to look that up sometimes, it's interesting reading. Because what it speaks to is what, it's interesting that Sodom and Gomorrah were destroyed for the sins that we are now teaching and celebrating in schools. Scary thought, isn't it? A real scary thought. Okay. It goes on to say, So the sun and the air were darkened because of the smoke of the pit. And then out of the smoke, locusts came upon the earth 
And that and to them was given power as the scorpions and the earth of the earth, pardon me, have power. Uh, these locusts are demonic hordes uh, that are further described, will be further described here in verse 7 that we'll be looking at here. Um, it, the scorpions that have power on the earth, it's uh, demonic power. These, these locusts are very demonic. Now, for those of you who uh, uh, read the monthly uh, article that I put out through the hotrodbiblestudy.com, hrbs.com. Uh, actually, it's hotrodbiblestudy.com. For those of you who read that, you'll notice that uh, locusts scare the living daylights out of me to this day. It's actually the, the grasshoppers because they, man, they uh, you can't figure out what they're going to do. You look them in the eye and they jump the other direction. Maybe it's because I've seen science fiction movies where the locusts take over the earth. I wonder if some of those science fiction movies were based on these verses that we're reading here. That's a thought. Anyway, it was given to them power as the scorpions of the earth have power against satanic power. They were commanded, get this, not to harm the grass of the earth or any green thing or any tree. Quite the opposite of what locusts do now. But only those men who do not have the seal of God on their foreheads. And they were not given authority to kill them, but to torment them. Be sure to remember this. The locusts were not given the authority to kill the men, but to torment them for five months. Their torment was like the torment of a scorpion when it strikes a man. I have never been stung by a scorpion. I know of those who have. And it is, for one thing, not very nice. <laughs> it's fairly miserable. So if you can figure that these beings, these locusts, are tormenting men with stingings like scorpions, this is not a place where you want to be. This is not something that you want to go through. How do we not go through it? Be prepared. Know Jesus as your Savior. Okay. Their torment was like the torment of a scorpion when it strikes a man. And in those days, men will seek death and will not find it. They will desire to die and death will flee from them. Here's something that's interesting that I read in my studies here from David Guzik, said, the idea of death as an escape is a demonic deception. Hmm. The infamous murderers of Littleton, Colorado, made chilling home movies before their killing spree. Eric De Harris and Dylan Klebold left behind a videotape document spelling out their motivation. In the last segment of the tape, shot the morning of the murders, Harris and Klebold were dressed and said they were ready for our little judgment day. Then Klebold, looking tense, said goodbye to his parents. He concluded, I didn't like, my, I didn't like life too much. Just know I am going to a better place than here. It is a great and tragic deception to think 
on the day that you will murder many, that you will go to a better place. Again, this is a demonic deception. There is no escape in death for Eric or Dylan. Now is the time of repentance to escape from sin and to be restored. You don't, you don't escape death by going into the arms of Satan. You escape death by going into the arms of Jesus. Very simple. Verse 7. The shape of the locusts was like horses prepared for battle. On their heads were crowns of something like gold. Their faces were like the faces of men. Now, if, if they're called locusts, why then is the description of them to be something else? Well, for one thing, it's because locusts are used as the agents of God's judgment. And this is a consistent Old Testament figure in passages. And you can write these down. I'm just going to take a look at one of them. But you can write all these down for, for further investigation. They're uh, mentioned in Exodus chapter 10, 4 through 14. In Deuteronomy 28, verse 38. In Kings 8, verse 37. Remember, I keep saying that Scripture interprets Scripture Always remember that. In Joel 1 verse 4 and Amos 4 verse 9, tonight we're going to look at 2 Chronicles 7, 12 through 14, where it says, Then the Lord appeared to Solomon by night and said to him, I have heard your prayer, and I have chosen this place for myself as a house of sacrifice. When I shut up heaven and there is no rain or command the locusts, there we go, to devour the land or send pestilence among my people, if my people who are called by my name, get this, this is what we need to in our country. If they are called by name, find my name, will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways then I will hear from heaven and will forgive their sin and heal their land. Let me read that portion again. If my people are, who are called by my name will humble themselves, pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven and will forgive their sin and heal their land. It's a good thing to think about today. Okay, going on. On their heads were crowns of something like gold. Their faces were like the faces of men. They had hair like women's hair, and their teeth were like lion's teeth. Pretty scary. They had breastplates like breastplates of iron, and the sound of their wings was like the sound of chariots with many horses running into battle. Now, the only thing that we could probably think about that is use, uh, watching one of Cecil B. DeMille's epic uh, stories of the Old Testament, things like Ben-Hur, where they're going through the scene with the chariots running. Uh, you know, uh, my father used to say when something was uh, making a lot of noise in the rear end of the car, would say, well, Willie, does it sound like a streetcar? 
Well, by that time, streetcars hadn't been in use. And finally, one time I said, Dad, I've never ridden on a streetcar, so I really can't tell. But it's a description of something really noisy. Okay, freight train, maybe you can think of that too. Okay, um, there, where am I? Oh, okay, verse 10 goes on to say, And they had tails like scorpions, and there were stings in their tails. Boy, they keep mentioning Scorpions. John keeps mentioning scorpions here. And uh, those growing up in the desert, I know that we, there are scorpions here in Arizona. Seems to be more southern Arizona than up here in northern Arizona. Haven't seen one run around. Doesn't necessarily mean there aren't any here in the mighty metropolis of Chino Valley. But people have dealt with scorpions and it's not a good thing. That their power was to hurt Men for five months. Okay. Mounts is a man that I'm quoting here from my commentaries that I've been looking at. It says there can be no specific answer to the question of exactly who or what is symbolized by the plague of locusts. All we know for sure is that in the period immediately before the end, the wicked will be subjected to a time of unprecedented, unprecedented, let me repeat that, demonic treatment. Exactly how this will take place will remain unknown until disclosed by history itself. You can just rest assured it's not going to be a place where any of us want to be. Verse 11, And they had as king over them the angels of the, at the angel of the bottomless pit, whose name in Hebrew is Abaddon, but in Greek he has a name, Apollyon. Both of these mean destroyer. This is probably the reason why I'm thinking in verse one where, uh, they're referring to the stalling. Again, John is referring to the fallen star, uh, as Satan, because Satan is the destroyer. Satan is the father of all lives. Satan lies, not lives. Pardon me, I can't speak. Satan is the father of all lies. He is the destroyer of all lives. So that's my thought there. There we go on. Verse 12 goes on to say, One woe is past. Behold, still two more woes are coming after these things. Guess what, friends and neighbors? The worst is yes, yet to come. Then, verse 13, the sixth angel sounded, and I heard a voice from the four horns of the golden altar, which we've heard referred to throughout the book of Revelation. This is the altar where, uh, the altar of God where the prayers are. It says, which is before God, saying to the sixth angel who had the trumpet, release the four angels who were bound in the great river, at, at the great river Euphrates. Okay, the great river Euphrates. Now here's a few things that connect uh, the Euphrates with this because, um, again, these are, a uh, number of scriptures that I'm just going to reference here. I won't be reading them to you, but it 
Should you desire to write them down, that may not be a bad thing. It says, these angels were connected with the Euphrates River because the Euphrates was a landmark of ancient Babylon. It was a frontier of Israel's land as fully promised by God in Genesis 15, 17 through 21. The Euphrates is also associated with the first sin, Genesis 2, 10 through 14. By the way, what was Eve's sin? Was it eating the fruit? No, no. Eve's sin, Eve's sin, well, that was her direct thing that she did. Eve's sin was believing the lies of the lies. I keep getting lives and lies mixed up. Anyway, the lies of Satan where he said, if you eat of the fruit, you will be like God. There is the problem that mankind has always desired is to be their own God, to be have their own authority. And that was the fall of man. Okay. Also, associated with the first murder in Genesis 4, verse 16, again, Cain killed Abel with a rock. The first organized revolt against God, Genesis 11, 1 through 9. The first war confederation, Genesis 14, 1. And the first dictatorship, Genesis 10, 8 through 10. All right. So that's what's going on here when they're talking about the four angels being bound at the great River Euphrates. So the four angels who had been prepared for the hour and day and month and year. A specific time. They've been prepared for this specific time, which is to come. Were released to kill a third of mankind. Remember, uh, the locusts were only released to torment. These are released to kill. Okay, and again, it's a third of mankind. We talked about this last week, where it's one third. It isn't the entire, it isn't entire, uh, humankind, but it is a large portion, being one third. Now, the number of the army of the horsemen was 200 million. I heard the number of them. Think about that. In World War II, the combined armies of both the Axis and the Allies was somewhere in the neighborhood of 70 million. This army is 200 million. It's a lot. Okay. And thus I saw the horses in the vision. Those who sat on them had breastplates of fiery red, Hyacinth blue and sulfur yellow. And the heads of the horses were like the heads of lions. And out of their mouths came fire, smoke, and brimstone. By these three plagues, a third of mankind was killed by the fire and the smoke and the brimstone which came out of their mouths. For their power is in their mouth and in their tail. For their tails are like serpents, having heads, and with them they do harm. Again, 200 million 
troops. The rest of mankind, who were not killed by these plagues, now get this. This is something that really, <laughs> really amazes me. They did not repent the works of their hands, that they should not worship demons, the idols of gold, silver, brass, stone, and wood, which can neither see, nor hear, nor walk. Remember, that was the big deal that Paul was talking about when he was speaking there in Ephesus about, hey, you know, uh, what you're, what you're praising here is made by man. The, the little, the little, uh, statues of Artemis of the Ephesians. If you ever get a chance, you can look up Artemis of the Ephesians on the outer web and see this is a, uh, fertility goddess. And it's really an interesting thing. But anyway, here they have all this stuff that can neither see nor walk, and they did not repent of their murders or their sorceries or their sexual immorality or their thefts. Again, can you dig that? They have witnessed all this other stuff, all this other calamities, the locusts, you know, all these other plagues that have coming on, the the um, sounding of the trumpets and what's happened with that, the release of uh, 200 million troops on horses that have tails like serpents, and yet they don't repent. Wow. It just, it just blows my mind. You know, I, I, I know people who are stubborn, who have yet, who are, who are fighting who are fighting, surrendering to Jesus. One guy in particular that I've been seeing on the outer web lately, man, he can say some really bad things, but he keeps talking about it. He keeps talking about it. Seems to me like he really wants to be assured of his salvation through Jesus. He keeps talking about how it's a bunch of baloney. But why does he keep talking about it if he thinks it's a bunch of baloney? It's my humble opinion. That's why I continue to converse with him. You know, your first, your first uh, response would be to say, well, okay, go to hell. I'm sorry, that's a, it's a real statement, you know, and we, over the years we've told, I'm sure each and every one of us, then the sound of my voice has told somebody to go to hell jokingly or whatever. It's not a joking thing, by the way. But anyway, but that's the case. You know, your first response is for people who want to, uh, to turn their back on Jesus or to run your faith down is to say, well, okay, then go to hell. That's a true statement. But it's not very loving. It's not what we as believers ought to do. We ought to share the love of Jesus, no matter how hard, no matter how tough that can be. Okay, now, with that, I um, have to ask for questions, comments, or smart aleck remarks. I have to be sure to do that for my friend Doug Thompson, because he always has a smart aleck remark for me, which is great. Uh, you know, again, it is my desire that everyone within the sound of my voice know Jesus as their Savior, that they surrender their lives to them. It's easy to do, and I'll tell you what, if you have yet to do it, and you do it tonight, that would be the best.
best decision you've ever made. Now with that, I, I, I want to do something, close up a little differently than I have been recently. And what I'd like to do is read you from Philippians chapter 4, verse 6 and 7. And this is something for us to be thinking about. You know, these, the study of the end times like this can get a little bit, a little tough. It's a little bit worrisome. But here's something that I would like to reassure you with. Philippians 4, 6 and 7, where it says, Be anxious for nothing, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God that surpasses all understanding will guard your heights, hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. I grew up in a church where the pastors would finish their sermons by saying, Now may the peace of God that surpasses all understanding keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. And so tonight, that is my prayer for you that you be anxious for nothing, and that the peace of God that surpasses all understanding keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Amen.